three, two, one. That's right. You're listening to the It's My Time podcast, a recording of the experiences, past and present of everyday people. Yes, indeed. And, 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 and now, here's your host, the one, the only, Asher Chua. Welcome to the podcast, Victor. Long time. Thanks, Asher. It's been a while. Catch me up. What's 2021 been like? I guess the year's almost over, but it's like, we. I guess we got to recap like 2020, 2021. What's new? Uh, well, end of 2020, I started a new job at Anheuser-Busch. Hmm. I ended up buying a house here in Marietta. And then starting in 2022, I'm actually moving on to the next job also. I'll be working from home here and back in water treatment. So I went from water to brewing back to water. Nice. I've also added many snakes to my collection over the past two years. Awesome. <laughs> You're just trying to have them out throughout the house. <laughs> I'm trying to breed them, make a little business out of it. Nice. Something on the side. Yeah. And something is fun anyways. Gotcha. They're weird, but they're cool pets. It's funny. I, I think, I don't know if I, if I talked to you about this before, but I remember the first time I'd ever been around a, a snake that somebody just had as a pet was like my freshman year of college. Uh-huh. And I was like, I just, anytime I would see a snake, it would just like weird me <laughs> out a little bit, but uh, either they made me more comfortable, or at least I, I, I'm not a hundred percent comfortable with them, but at least I've, I've understood a little bit better. Like, Oh, okay. Like they respond to you in a way that you, you teach them to respond to you. Yes. Like any other animal, they're just, they're, they're not as expressive as a lot of animals, but mm. they, they do respond accordingly. You can yeah. condition them to behave certain ways. Gotcha. So, I mean, how, how did you go from doing, um, you said, was it water treatment and then working in, in the uh, the beer company? Yeah. Well, that was just the last water treatment company I was at. It was like, this place, I got to get out of here. Hmm. It Management changed, structures changed, the way that they did business changed. It was just like, this is not a place for me anymore. I got to go. So I got out. I decided like, hey, brewing, that seems cool. It's not, it's not the same. There's going to be a learning curve, but let's go for it. Let's see what happens. It's been pretty cool. There's kind of like, I'm working in water. And I miss like early on design stages. So it's both like the industry that I'm in is different. And I preferred the old one. And then in the brewing industry, there's also a lot more like integration and construction engineering than the actual design engineering. So it's like, I'm just zooming in, I guess you could say, is what I'm doing now. I'm going back to a different industry that I really did love the water industry. And I think it took leaving it for me to really, really get it like, oh, that just being a water engineer meant something to me. It wasn't just like, I'm an engineer and I work in a water company. It's like, no, I'm a water engineer. So there's a little bit of an identity thing that happened there. And so that's when I started looking for jobs again, that's the direction I went. Got you. What, can you explain what it, what it means to be like a water engineer? Like, what is it that you do? What, what is it that you're, you're responsible for? <laughs> yeah, it's basically we we make water drinkable. Like it'll come from a well pump in the middle of a neighborhood and it's got arsenic, iron, manganese stuff in it that we got to get out one way or another. And the water engineer will design the system. What kind of additional chemicals do we need to put into it in order to get this stuff out? What kind of filter do we need to get, get it out? How are we going to maintain it and operate it? What's the automation going to look like? It's basically just taking like water the way that nature gave it to us and making it into something that we can drink because there's a little bit of tweaking that obviously needs to go on there. Do you, do you have a different viewpoint looking at water, say when you go to like the supermarket and you see deer park water, spring water, <laughs> this, like, do you get a laugh out of that? Or is it, what's that like for you? Like knowing how the water gets to the stores now and then seeing it there and seeing how people go through the, like the decision-making process. Learning a lot of the keywords goes a long way because about half of the bottled water in the store is just tap water from another state. Literally, it's tap water from another state that they mark up 2,000% and sell to you. It was just like, that, that's the biggest thing that I learned. Just like, this is ridiculous. Just, I'll hold my tongue a little bit there. But, gotcha. but I mean, it, 
like learning what reverse osmosis really does to the water is like you don't want RO water unless it has minerals added hmm. because then it'll end up basically sucking the minerals out of your body. Hmm. Most of them are blended correctly. I think there were one or two brands. I couldn't name them right now. I don't remember. There's like, you really don't want that one. Yeah. It, it's funny. I guess I hadn't thought about it before. I think somebody had told me that um, if it's either like purified water or some, it's like some terminology that they have on the bottle. It means that it's either from like directly from like a spring or it's been like distilled water. Yeah. Yeah. There are some that are legitimate spring water that then they'll do microbial treatment, but kind of like leave it alone, the rest of it. Those are mm. usually the more expensive ones, but those are legitimate. The big name ones are usually the ones that are just like, let's not do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but I guess with, with that being said, it's like being a water engineer, you're responsible for making sure that the water that comes out of the tap is potable. It's drinkable. Like, yes. And that makes, and on a zoomed out scale is making sure that it's the system is able to provide water to all of the households that need access to it. So there's also a little bit of design of the pumping systems and we've got X hundred feet of three inch pipe. Is it enough or do we need a bigger pump kind of stuff? Just going through the head loss calculations, backing up to what's, what's located right at our treatment system or is the well pump big enough to push through everything? So there's a little bit, there's a little bit of the process chemistry in it as well as some hydraulic engineering that goes into it. So you actually use your chemistry in water engineering <laughs> and <laughs> a hydrology. Bit. A little bit, yes. That's funny because it's like sometimes you take these classes and you wonder to yourself, like, when am I ever gonna use this? But then yeah. like when was it for you that you actually saw the benefits of some of the classes you took? It was probably about year and a half, two years into my first job. Cause it, the first year is always just getting used to how is the company run? What are the basic rules of thumb? But then after about a year, year and a half, I started doing a lot of piloting, which the piloting is basically like we have a design for a big system, but we need to make sure that the design works on a chemical level. <laughs> so you design a small system, like a hundredth of the size, just to test all of the main dimensionless parameters, make sure that it works. Those you play a lot with chemistry. Those is we need, we're not getting all of the iron oxidized for some reason. Let's try tweaking the chlorine dosage a little bit. Or, oh, that's still not working. Well, is there a phosphate in the water? Because that interferes. So there are, it's in the piloting is where you really start seeing the chemistry. Once you're at the full scale systems, it's kind of like, this is how we run the system. It's very basic. It's one part iron, half part chlorine one part manganese, two parts chlorine, but it's at a small scale that it gets interesting. Gotcha. And sometimes with that, you don't know what you're doing. So those are just shots in the dark. Like, this is weird. This is bad water, but let's see what we can do. Yeah. It's funny when you mention making models, I, it almost seems like as small as it is, it can still be life-size to where like you can walk in it and kind of like they had at the labs at Tech, having that that um, hydro space in there. And it's like, okay, they're... Yeah. They're basically testing this over a period of time. And it's like, okay, I guess you see that. And then you think about maybe what would feed a, a city or what kind of system you'd put in place to like feed a small village. Same concept. The only difference is that piloting, we usually don't take it back to a lab to test. We still go to the same work site, mm -hmm. <clears throat> plug it into their existing water supply, mm -hmm. but it's just smaller. So you have like, a one foot diameter fiberglass vessel versus five, six foot diameter vessels for the large, the whole system. And if the small one works then they buy the big one. Mm. So, so the piloting systems, you guys create those at the site where the actual project or the implementation is going to take place. Yes. To make sure that we hit every single variable exactly as it's expected. Mm. That makes sense. Variables that are changing instead of like, Oh, well, the weather is different. Like we eliminate that variable. The water is a different temperature because it was shipped. Like, no, it's coming straight out of the well. We're working with the same stuff before on site. That's awesome. So I, I guess what what's um, something you learned going from water engineering to brewing back to water engineering? I learned how I like water engineering a lot more. <laughs> the brewing is really cool. Like it's something else because Anheuser-Busch is a gargantuan brewery. Seeing the size of these fermenters is like that literally has thousands and thousands of gallons of beer in it right now. 
Like it's the scale is very impressive, but it's very easy to get lost in the weeds in somewhere that's that big. Yeah. Which could be why I kind of like liked water a lot more as I didn't get lost in the weeds. It's very straightforward. It's very calculated. It's not here's a piece there and a piece here. And someone over there understands the other piece. Just ask them. It's like I'm owning the design like this. Mm. And then water is also like providing something that provides life. Beer is good and all. Yeah. But it's not provide life yeah is that is that one of the reasons you decided on going the water route versus like air pollution or any of the other tracks you may have taken with environmental engineering yeah and that was because i went for one of my classes we went to nicaragua on a water treatment team and it was just like this is what i need to do tell me a little bit about that trip what was that like that could be another 30 minutes that was a life-changing trip though it changed perspective on a lot because we don't realize how privileged we have it here. And going there and seeing like something that we take for granted is like we flip on the faucet, like we're spending a week there as a part of a multi-year project to give them that ability and realizing like how much of a difference it makes. It's not just like we're getting clean water. It's like, well, we had it previously they were having to walk two, three miles to get some buckets of water to bring home. So one, there's a bunch of time that's gone. And two, they don't know if that water is going to make them sick. And then when you when you can have a faucet at their house, not only is it saving them that time, that time savings gets girls in school because usually the men will go to school and go to work and the girls will do the housework. And part of the housework is fetching the water. Well, if they don't need to fetch the water anymore, the possibilities that open up is like it revolutionizes their lives just by having the tap. But we don't think of that. So it's just that, that perspective shift is something that we have all of the knowledge and the technology and the ability to change everything with something that every single household here in the u.s has right it was just like this is cool this is something that i want to get into and i until you just mentioned it i i wouldn't have thought of that and, and wow. until i was there, until i was down there i never did either yeah it's interesting because it's it's like you i guess would nicaragua be considered a third world country yes gotcha uh their their capital city managua is pretty well built up but most of the nation is definitely third world developing depending on preferred terminology so it's like outside of the the moving to a new location starting a new job and just going through through the year and enjoying what you enjoy like what what are some other things that you you got into did you were you still able to run do some of the races you usually do and and things like that yeah they did pick up Again, late in 2020, I think in like September was the first race back. Well, the first obstacle race back, trail races started back probably over the summer. There were a few months where everything was shut down, as we know. But trail racing was pretty minimal contact, so they picked up pretty soon. And then obstacle racing is like, well, everyone here is a beast immune system anyways. Let's go. But I think the gyms were the first things to open back again because we go crunch. It was closed for like two weeks. (laughs) So I guess in in that regard, you didn't really have to miss too too big of a beat like being able to run on your own or just interact with people every now and then like do you remember what that was like kind of getting back out to a race after they closed down for a little bit yeah it was actually not what i expected because i was thinking on one end i was like it was kind of nice to have weekends and just stay home and not do anything so i wasn't missing them but then when i got back it was just like oh my gosh i need this in my life again it was like i wasn't expecting that but i was happy about it that's awesome and now, like as you, as we, as we wrap up, basically the last month of the year, and, and you look at twenty twenty two, like what's something that um, you're looking forward to in the new year? The new job. That's the first thing I'm starting on the fourth. Hmm. So you, oh, so you haven't started it yet. You're no, you're in the transition done. phase. Yes, um, <laughs> at Anheuser Busch, I'm there until the twenty ninth. Gotcha. I think longer notice because like I'm not in a huge rush to get out. I mean, it's not a bad gig, but it's just not really working for me. This other company was like, sure, that works. No big deal. Let's start in January. He's like, well, no one's upset about it. I'm going to take it slow, make sure it's a smooth transition. I don't drop the ball anywhere. Yeah. And they've already got the replacement signed. So every day we're sitting down an hour or two going through all the transition work that needs to happen. So I got a, four different projects going on. But it looks like it's going to be pretty smooth and I'm Definitely glad I did more than two, the standard two weeks because yeah, I feel very rushed if I did that and I'd be stressed right now. It's funny. I, I think I did the same thing in um, 
looking at the month of November when I, I just started at the end of November after Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking the same thing. It's like I could have started before Thanksgiving, but then speaking with my brother and a few friends, it was like, what's the rush? And I was thinking, it's like, well, I'd like to be in a different position um, doing something that I enjoy more. But at the same time, it's like better off taking your time to get to where you need to get to than to run into something and then just be like, oh, geez, now I got to get the water turned on. I got to get the internet turned on. I got to get this. I don't have a washer and dryer. Now I'm running around trying to get the connections in the back fix because I bought it from someone off of Facebook. I, it's like, I don't know if I stripped the threads on the back of it or if they (laughs) sold it to me like that, I'm going to go with the first, but it's like, we'll figure it out, get a couple of podcasts recorded, like get the audio situation figured out, but like just doing, (laughs) just doing one thing at a time. It's like, okay, it's, it's, it feels better. And then also you talk about like going from what you learned in school, like doing something you're familiar with, learning it, going away from it, and then coming back to it again, maybe like from a different viewpoint. It's like, Mm -hmm. okay, like now I have a a better appreciation about what I enjoy about this because I know, I know something different. So it's like, I have more reason to appreciate this than I might've otherwise would like peering over the fence just to be like, I just want to know if the grass is really green over there. Like, let me, let me just go see. (laughs) Like, nah, (laughs) I'll go back. Yeah. That's one nice thing being young is like the option is always there to just go back, take a chance, try something new. If it doesn't work, go back. It's okay. (laughs) Yeah. It, it's funny because I, I feel like since college, I've learned a lot of things, but it's, it's like each year, and every every event I find myself in, I learn something new because mm-hmm. like I got to work with Home Depot this past year in 2021. And that was my first time doing like, I guess you'd say like a commercial type job since, since school, because I remember like high school was maybe worked at a coffee shop for three years. And that mm-hmm. was interesting kind of doing like customer service, working with people. And then it turned into a, a restaurant briefly. And mm-hmm. Every time after that, outside of landscaping and just working in industrial jobs, you work far away from people where like cell service is very skim. And then now you get back into this area where it's like you see everyday people kind of like customers. <laughs> that's a that's a different type of everyday person because people just show up in your face and like, but they're kind enough to ask like, hey, do you work here? Because like you're dressed a little bit different, but other people they get like right up in your face and just be like, Hey, do you carry metal detectors? I was like, I don't know, but like, <laughs> let me go find out for you. And yeah. just anyways, I, I brought that up to say like the people that I got to work with was like, was a good mix because you have some college students or a lot of college students actually like working at Home Depot and like jobs that, that could be seasonal from time to time. And um, one of the guys was also like a retired um Air, a retired, he retired from the military. I think he was in the Air Force. And he would always like try to look out for some of the younger people that were coming in to be like, hey, like if you're in school now, finish your degree. If you have a chance to move away from home, like leave now while you still have the chance. And then you can always come back if things don't work. Or it's like that thing that they tell you coming out of school. It's like whatever job you start off with, do that job. And even if it's just for like two years, like make sure you stick it out for those two years so that you get the experience and you get the exposure so that it's not just (laughs) at the first sign of of danger. You just kind of run away and just like, I don't like this because it's like in some instances, maybe IT or things that are like more technology heavy, it might require you to do that. Those like you re-up a contract every six months or something like that. but. It doesn't, at least in our cases, it doesn't seem like it builds a good track record if you're constantly jumping from one company to another, to another, to another. It's like, yeah. maybe this guy, whenever things get tough, they just get going and they can't stay through long term because like you talk about things that interact with people on a daily basis. Now I'm messing around with foundations. 
figuring out what goes on in the soil, like what the soil quality is like in order to, to build on. And you're looking at the water people are drinking, like how, how are they going to get that water in the first place? And it's like, you can't just do that in a couple of months and just run off and go do something else. Yeah. It's like, you kind of need to stick around and make sure like, okay, this is here. Is it stable? Like, is it supporting the people that it's supposed to support? Like, is it doing that long-term? Because otherwise, like if you turn into like a snake, snake oil salesman and just run off to the next town, and to the next town, they just see like buildings and people, sick people following you after a town. It's like, there's a pattern to this guy over here. What's going on? Yeah. <laughs> feel like I, I went on a bit of a, a little rabble there, but man, it's, it's good to just, it's good to express sometimes. I, I, I appreciate that. And I'm, I'm grateful to be able to have the, these conversations with you and to catch up, see what's new, see what, what's next, but, and just like the day-to-day is a good, good time. Mm-hmm. How are things been on your end for your day-to-day? I know just getting started with the new job, just moved. Sounds like taking the slow transition is making it a lot easier for you. A little, a little bit. I guess for me, it's been it's been about like really doing a, a good job of maintaining a daily routine. And mm-hmm. especially with like how I wake up in the morning, I've been trying to journal daily. And that's like getting up, practicing morning gratitude, like writing down things I'm grateful for, taking a moment to like uh, collect my thoughts and just breathing and doing that for like a set amount of time. But um, making it into like an exercise where like you inhale and exhale, but not just sitting still and trying to think of nothing. And then everything's just flooding into your mind. It's like, oh, geez, like. Should I do this? Should I make another list? Should I do that? But like just getting into the habit of that, like get up, make my bed, hydrate, journal, get some food in me, meditate, like maybe do a little bit of exercise. And then what I found to be just as effective on the the back end is like when I get home and when it's time to go to sleep, like I have to make a similar effort to go to sleep. Like meditate journal like shut things down because it's like when i don't do that it's like okay let me just go on here and just scroll on youtube let me watch this video and watch another one and another one it's like oh like a few hours go by and then you wake up restless and it's like oh geez like yeah the the power of those routines of having start the day journal end the day reflection start the day journal end the day reflection is it's hard to get into yeah i Right now, I am not in the habit of doing that. <laughs> Eventually, it's just like, oh gosh, it's been months since I did that. But that's a, it's a good routine. I know several podcasts and audiobooks, like really successful people, always talk about like journal, meditate, reflect. Like that's how you learn. That's how you grow. That's how you improve. Do you yeah, know? I need to fix my habits now. <laughs> well, I mean, like the other thing I learned in twenty like 2021 just over the year was really not to not to get caught up in like what I'm not doing in the moment and like if I if I caught myself not doing it it would be more so like <laughs> hey let me let me acknowledge that I didn't do what I wanted to do and then in order to course correct let me focus on like what am I going to do now that I need to do because it's like I found mm-hmm. myself over the last few years and even this week like of starting to obsess over like oh i didn't do this i didn't do that so it's like i'm trying to make up for time but something that that's been helpful in doing like the meditation the writing down and the reading it's like i started reading this um this book which is like i guess you could say it's like an affirmation read and the way that they break it down it's the greatest salesman in the world I don't know if we we mentioned that book before by Ogmandino. It sounds familiar. I don't remember if we've talked about it or if I've read something about it, but I've definitely heard of it. Yeah, but it's so it's like in in the book there are these 10 scrolls and basically it's like the guy that's the greatest salesman in his time, he passes these scrolls down and they get passed down from the greatest salesman to the next greatest salesman to the next and then obviously as the book is written, it's that it's being passed down to people that want that 
And the first thing that it talks about with the first goal is like creating a habit. Like yeah. two is like greeting the day with love. Three would be um, being persistent. And I think four is I'm blanking on what four is, but oh, re- recognizing your uniqueness in the world. And then mm-hmm. five, which is the one I've been on for the better part of this month, has been living this day as if it's your last and really making the day the focus of what you're doing and what's funny about the way that it's it's written and in the way that you're supposed to read it it's like it's i guess you'd say it's like habit stacking and a lot of a lot of what's said before in some of the scrolls like it the same message kind of carries over like what we talked about keeping work separate from family like okay you're married to your work you're married to your family but they're divorced from each other that way it's like when you go to work you keep family out of it when you go home you keep work out of it that way it's like there's no conflict there yeah and just kind of reading through the one from this week talking about like living today as if if it's your last like it's the same um seize the day like si se puede or um maybe i got I don't know if I said the right one, but it's like this, the seize the day notion. And the thing that's cool about it, no matter how you choose to look at it, it's like, you can treat it as like, okay, I'm going to walk through and smell all the roses, or I'm going to run into this burning building, or I'm just going to call the people that I, I need to call that are on my mind. Like whatever it is that you choose to do, it's like, just having the that intention and like even reminding myself that oh hey I didn't read today and I'm like okay maybe I didn't read today or I didn't read last night but now that I'm thinking about it I'm going to read it and then sometimes I might listen to it on audible or I would just read it like from the the ebook version and it's like okay like I started to notice that I can retain it both ways, but it's different when I'm like reading it, following it and reading it in my own voice and not having it read to me. And I was like, there's something to be gained in that. And again, not not trying to judge the situation too much. I just focused on doing what I need to do. And then like, basically when it's done, putting it down and, and walking away. So like yesterday and most of this week for the job is just um, kind of coming in, learning how to classify soils and learning from the guys like somebody that's been there maybe a year longer than me. He's showing me some other things. And every now and then he would say something like, oh, this, this is probably dumb. Like, stop me if you know this. I was like, no, no, no. Like, like everything that you're telling me, I'm, I'm learning and I'm receptive. Mm-hmm. And anytime that I feel like my ego is kind of starting to creep in the way where it's like, you're assigned something and you want to do your best job and then you get something back and it's got red marks on it. I was like, Nope, you got it wrong. Just, just go fix it. Like, don't sit here, try to complain, try to, it's like, yeah, it's like, right. It's like, there's, there's nothing to get upset about. Like if I've done something over two, three times and it's still wrong, like it's wrong. Let me figure out why Mm -hmm. it's not working. And even if I can't figure it out, just, humble yourself and go ask you're in a new environment you're in a new space and like don't get it into your head that you're never going to make a mistake again and just just like having that freedom to ask the questions and just to also push myself to say like hey i'm here be here on time um when you're asked to do something just like do it with a, a good spirit and just welcome the people and the environment around you as they welcome you. Like those things have, have really helped me appreciate where I am and also just made the environment that much better to where I'm like, you know, it's like, it's nice being in those tight knit environments where it's like, you're not somewhere where it's like so big, where you just feel like you're lost. Kind of like what you're saying about like being in, in beer and you're just looking at these gallons and gallons of beers. It's like, oh my God, like there's so much of it. And it's like, you know, I'm glad that I get to be back into like this area where it's like, yeah, there's a bigger office or something like that, but like we have our own place and we get to do what we do effectively. And 
like that that's really what i'm i'm enjoying right now mm-hmm. yeah and just on that scale going corporate versus small business is such a different feel it's not just the equipment it's like wow i'm just like i'm another number in the anheuser-busch system <laughs> i'm going to a company with less than 100 employees is like i, I can handle that i can do that <laughs> yeah they lost quite as easily it's funny because like when i when i think about it now and i feel like a lot of the conversations i'm having is somewhat is really reflective especially you think back to college and like there's so many questions you have to ask answer for yourself and even back in high school it's like in high school you're trying to figure out like what are you going to major in what are you going to study like and then to make those decisions in high right. school. And it's like the same thing in college. It's like you're you're deciding, okay, this is what's most effective. Where where do I want to live? Like where do I want to work? Do I want to work for a big company? Do I want to work for a small company? And it's like unless you've had the exposure to be at someone's business or like intern or something like that, you don't really know. Right. And it's like I feel like it's so much better not knowing and then going into something and being like pleasantly surprised, whether it's like, oh, not doing that again. Or it's like, okay, <laughs> well, I didn't know, but now I, I know. And it's like, we have the option to like, if this doesn't work out, start looking. And then even it's like, if you didn't start looking and you got out too soon, like do something to put you back on your feet or like be around the people and don't be like ashamed to reach back out to a friend and just be like, Hey man, let me let me pick your brain or hey, like what do you think about this? Because it's like this this whole idea of like, oh, you get to have to you have this you have to have this figured out. It's like mm, I, I've never I haven't met too many people that have it figured out. And the the more people that say they do, it's like everybody kind of sits to the side and it's like the emperor with no clothes. It's like I don't think he knows, but I don't think we should tell him like don't want to, we don't want to hurt his heart. Like, ah, he'll be all right. He'll be all right. <laughs> yeah. Everyone who's self-aware and really honest with themselves and others, we're all going to know, like, we don't have it figured out. It might be in 20 years. We probably still won't have it figured out. <laughs> yeah. Like here is where I am right now. It's going pretty good, but I don't, I don't know what comes next. <laughs> no amount of planning is going to perfect like what comes next. We're never going to know. Mm. We can just give it our best shot. Yeah. But I guess knowing that now, do you feel any different about um, some of the the choices you've made or some of like the things you've been able to enjoy? Can you define the question a little better? So it's like knowing that, like, I'd say maybe becoming as self, being as self-aware as you are now, do you view any of your experiences up to this point differently? There are things that I look back and say that was a mistake. I wouldn't do that again. But some of the lessons that I've learned and some of the things that have helped grow my self-awareness were those very experiences. And that's starting back in undergrad, stupid things that I did, but I learned. And all up and all up until in the past year, I'm sure that I could come up with plenty of stupid things that I've done and said and learned something from. I've kind of just accepted that's going to be for the rest of my life. I'm going to do something stupid and then look back five years later and say, man, I was dumb when I was 50 and I'm going to be 55 at that time. It's like life is constant growth, constant learning. Then you should always be able to look back and say, I did stupid stuff that I will never repeat, but I've learned from it. That's a good point. Is there, I mean, is there anything that I haven't touched on that you'd like to to talk about or um, yeah. Yeah, I guess so. So like in addition to to the like my weird snake breeding hobby, I want I I think we talked briefly, I was just getting started with like my interest in finance. And I looked into and thought about like what would it take to be like a financial coach or to get a CFP license or something like that. Just because another stream of income, I could do it on my own time. It interests me. I'm good at it. Because I've learned I've learned all sorts of like little personal finance things like and one of the reasons I'm wanting to start in the new year, not only like new year, new job, it flows easily is like the tax implications for all my retirement accounts are wildly different. If I start in December versus in January, mm-hmm. just because of access to company retirement accounts versus not pre-tax post-tax, it's like, Oh, I'm going to have some really hard paperwork if I start in December. So I ask, are y'all okay with January? Yeah. Get away from the holiday season, new year, new job. I don't want to do, 
I don't want to deal with my finances this year. Let's make it easy. So I guess like I'd say going down the, I don't know if I'd say the finance rabbit hole, but just as you've educated yourself more (laughs) in the financial space, have you learned like what's, what are some of the things you've learned that like once that have made you curious to get into the space, so to speak, and not just for yourself, but like in a business um, viewpoint. Business like a running, <clears throat> like a running my own, or in like not needing to be employed by someone else. Like what? Well, I guess because I think last time we spoke, and kind of thinking back to when we were in school, looking at one not working for money making money work for you. And then also the concept of not living to work, but working to live, like kind of putting putting boundaries on your time so that like you make your time yours. And now you bring in the finance aspect. If I'm understanding it right, if I'm not like help, help yeah. me, help me clarify it. But like now that you've been looking into finances, like, are you looking at, we mentioned tax implications, like, um, Obviously, whenever you sign up for a company, people mention like, hey, you've got your 401k, like you contribute this much, your company matches this much. And like, why would you do that? It's like, oh, this is a way for you to save, put money away for a later date to where when you retire, it's like you use a compounded interest. Like if you if you do like if you start doing these little things, it's like things not everybody knows. And then also it's like as you're studying like things that are coming out now, like crypto is a new thing, like NFTs are a new thing. Like, are those things that you've started to get into as well as it deals with finance or have you stuck strictly to like the 401k traditional investing stocks, bonds, those types mostly, of things? Mostly traditional. I touch a little bit on crypto. I don't, for a list of reasons, I don't fully trust it, but I do think it has a future. Mm-hmm. I'll put half percent, 1% of my total net worth is probably in it. Very small. Mm-hmm. Most of it is in pre-tax retirement accounts. And I do the pre-tax because most of us as engineers will fall in the 22 to 24% tax bracket. Pre-tax means that you have another 22 to 24% of all your income is going into an investment account. So that additional 22 to 24% is that's compounding over decades. Like that's an unbelievable amount of money that you're keeping invested about a quarter of your income more is in pre-tax accounts. Yeah. And then once you reach certain maximums on those, like you can only do so much because the government wants to cut of everything. Mm-hmm. Then you can play with Roth money. And then you're not, as we know, we don't pay tax later. It's after tax money now. Mm-hmm. Having a balance of them as well, as well as having like anything in Roth money, you can take out your contributions at any time without penalties. Like, so that's like a backup emergency fund almost. Yeah. Like, when you start getting into the real world, I haven't even gotten to HSAs. Those are mm-hmm. fun. Yeah. You can you can never pay tax on that money if you play it right. Yeah. But it's like, and how did you go about like learning some of this new information? Like, was it um like a coworker told you or like family friend kind of introduced you to it? Because like we don't you don't get a a uh, a course on this in, in school, even if you're like an accounting major. I don't. I didn't really meet any accounting people or any business management people, but like, there's nobody (laughs) telling you like, Hey, when you go from making $0 or say 10 to $15, if you're an intern to now you're making double that, here's the things you should do with your money. Like, how did you, how did you learn? I self-taught. I got put onto an online community called fire financial independence retire early and then just started digging through all the resources that i could find and as an engineer i think i think numbers very easily and finance is all numbers the more and then starting from blogs going to podcasts i found some youtube channels with really good stuff it's just like why don't they teach this stuff even the basics are like never taught but it's a little bit of knowledge goes such a long way and it people most people, even people with solid incomes are usually owned by their money or by their income. Mm-hmm. There's like, it, it's a tool. It's a cruel slave master, but it's a great servant, mm-hmm. but you have to learn how to submit it. Yeah. But once you start learning how, and it's really not that hard. If you start getting into it, it's amazing. 
And the whole purpose of me getting into it was like, I want to be free. I want to work when I feel like working or if I'm having a bad week or a family member sick, I don't want to have to think about my money. Yeah. I have enough money that I never have to think about money again. And so that's why now is like, I want to find all of the little tips and tricks and learn the IRS rules. It's complicated and convoluted as they are. If yeah. it applies to me, I want to know. Right. Right. It, it's funny because it, it seems like during these years, like the last year. And so it, it seems like more, <laughs> more people are wanting to know and they're going out of their way to get educated because it's like, okay, if you're forced to be home, like obviously you have access to YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, like Netflix, all the streaming platforms, but it's like as much entertainment as there is, like, I think education is really making a come up where you have people that have thought to post lectures ahead, or you have people that are like, Hey, I can use this to like share with other people what it is that I do to where you run into it. And like other people that find their stuff are even like repurposing it where they're posting like, Hey, this person. And it's like, if you're the person that really wants to know, like you're going to seek out the original and say like, okay, let me, if they're telling me something that's legitimate and I can try it and actually get a tangible return, like that's something that I want. I don't necessarily want speculation if I don't understand that just yet, like, let me, let me get a good base where I can work from. And from there, it's like, it's like the engineering methods. Like you have an hypothesis, you try it out, you run some tests and it's like, okay, like these are the results I got from here. And then like, what's, where's the gap? Like, am I getting closer or further away? Like Mm -hmm. what, what are we working towards? So it's like, yeah. Because as engineers, we know like there's lots of little tweaks to get right where you want to get. Mm. And the whole thing is going to be tweaks from start to finish. Yeah. You've got a system in place. So then it's like just converting that systems mindset from engineering systems, which is still a bunch of math. And this is, these are the laws of how it works. Mm. To finance, here's the math and the laws of how it works. Like our brains right. are already powered for it. So it's been fun for me to split off into a parallel path and then mm. to see it work. Yeah. Like to to watch over, let's say, the past year, we've seen the overall S&P 500 has gone up like 30%. Mm. All the money that I had in, it also went up 30%. Mm. Because I do simple index funds, just put the money in, turn the brain off and let it go. Yeah, It works. The system works. It's like, that's cool. And anyone can do it. People are like, it's only the super wealthy and the super rich. And you have to be a billionaire to make money in the markets. (laughs) I'm not a billionaire. I'm making money in the markets. Lots of (laughs) <laughs> and then that compounds, like we talked about earlier, that's over the past one year. What's it the next 10 years, the next 30 years? Yeah. And then you use that going back to buying your time and freedom again. Once you just let it roll, live a simple life for a while, and then you can live an extravagant life later. And that extravagant life to me, everyone's going to define it differently is just not have to think about it. I don't want a big house, fancy car. I want, I want to be able to choose when I'm going to work. I want to be able to choose when I'm going to interact with people. I want to be able to choose mm. everything. I want to be able to choose, like, I want to go and volunteer for the next two years in water treatment in Nicaragua. And yeah. I have to think about who's funding it. Well, my investments from my younger years are funding it. I can do something that matters and not care about the money. Yeah, I like that. And something kind of still on the same, um, on this in the same vein of self-education, you see within the past year, I guess I didn't pay attention to it. I hear it as like hearsay, but there's this talk of a lot of people leaving jobs. It's like, oh, there's this big void in the job market. And it's like, I think the synopsis has been for the people that are paying attention. It's not a necessarily big void. Like people are becoming more aware of of like, if I know my worth and I know my value and you're just going to do pennies on the dime you're not going to care about like, Hey, I've got to take care of my family. I've got to do this. It's like, I'm not going to work that job. So now you've got the people that are either super loyal to this company or super loyal to something that's not really helping them. They might stick around or you're just left holding the bag to basically be like, okay, what I had wasn't working. So now you've either got to figure it out or pump it out to make it sound like, Oh, like, 
Nobody wants to work. Nobody wants to do anything. Meanwhile, you've got like a hundred truck drivers on the road every single day, like almost in three lanes, just every single day, every single day. It's like, let's see the money going. So it's, it's not that nobody wants to work. You have a lot of people maybe working from home or people just going back to school to pursue jobs that, okay, like I worked for some time, this thing didn't work out. Like I got tired of doing this mundane thing over and over. Like one of the guys I work with, he's like, I got, I got to doing this job that was just like labor intensive. And I keep seeing the engineers come through and it's like, I kind of want to do what they do. So it's like, yep. he w- went to school, got his degree, like had an agreement with his wife to say, Hey, this is, um, this is what I want to do for us. Like, will you support me in this? It's like, they work together. They work to plan. Like now their family is growing. He's in a better position where he can tend to his kids, not yeah. knowing years before that, Hey, in seven years and 10, 20 years, there's going to be a pandemic that basically shuts things down <laughs> to where you can't do what you are doing on a regular basis. But yeah. I think it's good to see people just becoming more aware and just looking out for themselves in a way like that's intelligent, that that's something positive to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the year has been nicknamed by a lot of economists and business experts, the great resignation for that exact reason. It's like just everybody's deciding like, or like they're realizing with a lot of time, either being laid off of work or working at home or whatever is like, what I'm doing with my life doesn't align with my values. It doesn't align with my goals. Mm. What am I going to do about it? Yeah. And a lot of the amount of stillness that's been forced on us. American society is not a still society, but it's been forced. And so through that, a lot of people say waking up through this forced stillness, through the the meditation that you're practicing. Well, now everybody's done it to some extent. Hmm. And they're coming more to a place of like either A, I deserve better if my company doesn't treat me right, or B, I honestly, what I'm doing is like, this isn't quite where I want to be in the next five to 10 years. I'm moving to where I do. Hmm. Or it could just be, I want to work from home and my current company, that's not an option. So I'm going to find somewhere that does. Some people are taking pay cuts just because they want to work from home. Yeah. So it's been, it's been the year of change. That's for sure. Definitely. Sounds like both of us are a part of the statistic too, switching jobs. <laughs> <laughs> well, We're I mean, in. the thing that, the thing that's funny about it, it's like you, if you think about it, 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 it also speaks sometimes to the, the quality of people that are in certain industries or it's like you could have the same job, but a different type of person in it. And the thing either goes up or down and just Mm -hmm. like, it's, it's interesting to see the type or like the the character of a person when you, you have a chance to work with them or you're around them where one minute they'll wear one face and then the next minute they wear another and it's mm-hmm. like, depending on which side of that face you're on, you're like, oh, okay. Like I, I see the game that that's being played here. Yeah. But, but then when you find yourself around people that are through and through like similar, like, of course you might present a little bit differently when you're at work than when you're at home, but it's like, mm-hmm. you don't necessarily change up entirely who you are as a person. Like you don't like turn into I don't know, like a, a ghoul or like just something that's just like nasty or icky because you're trying to get over on somebody. Mm-hmm. And it's like the moment I I started to see this and I've seen this in different places. So it's like going into a new situation or a different situation. I, I always try to stay kind of alert, not to say like, don't get too comfortable because it's like, you want to build a good rapport with someone, but if you you're working with somebody and then you watch someone leave and like the person that could have left, like they could have a number of things go on. Like people might like just all dogpile and talk crap about them. But then like, if you have someone leave for like legitimate reason and then their supervisor just continues to just dogpile, it's like, Oh, okay. So I wonder what's going to happen when I go, but then it's like, you know, I'm just going to do my part up to the point that I need to go. I'm going to give you plenty of notice. I'm going to be courteous. Like whenever you start to be sly or slimy or whatnot, I'm just here to do a good job and go on my way. Because it's like at the end of the day, like it's no skin off my back if 
you say something to me that's like demeaning or this or that, but it's like, it's going to put me in a bad position if I do something out of emotion just to like get even. And it's like, mm, you, you rarely get even. Yeah. If you try to get even, you're putting yourself in a losing position. Yeah. Just be professional, smile and walk away. Yeah. But uh, one question, I, I don't know if I, I ever asked you this, but I feel like I'll keep asking it each episode just to see like the change in perspective or just see how, how things kind of move along. But I've been asking every guest this question. Who do you say you are? <laughs> well, that's not an easy one because it gets down to identity. Which I guess I've touched on identity before is like as a water engineer, I want to be here to leave an impact on the world. I have an unusual way that I want to do it. And I think the idea came from one of my friends from my old church years ago. It's like, I want to be able to leave an impact, but I don't really want to be remembered for it. I want to do right and do good because it's right and good. And then I want to go away and just let someone else carry down the legacy. I don't know if that really answers the who who do I say I am. But I think that it's, I'm a water engineer is probably a decent start. Then from there, it comes down to I'm a passionate person, but that's more like, what am I like? I'm a loving person. What am I like? Is the who am I is, yeah, that's a tough one. Because it's very easy to come up with a lot of descriptors for me, but an identity thing. And I would, yeah, this one we can go a long time as well, because identity is something I think that everyone that or the majority of people that I know have some sort of identity struggle, myself included. And I know that I have been fighting with that for years. Like, who am I? Why am I here? What is my purpose? I think it's normal. That's a hard one to answer. That's a good one. But I like your answer because it's, there's no right or wrong answer to it. But it's, I like, for me, it's almost like <coughs> a, 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 a moment to pause it's almost like a moment to just kind of catch yourself up, maybe think on it, maybe pass by it. But um, it's been interesting to get different responses from people and just have them kind of tangle with it a little bit. Yeah, it's definitely one to tangle with. <laughs> but I appreciate your time, man. And yeah, absolutely. if you want to let the people know where they can find you either online or offline or um what some of your plans for 2022 are looking like just let them know okay yeah well i'm on facebook i'm actually pretty disconnected from a lot of social media stuff but i am on there and i do respond to my messages <laughs> awesome well i'll be keeping in touch for sure it's great yeah. catching up and it's always a pleasure to just see how far we come who knows maybe next time we'll be next door neighbors or something they just be like oh hey <laughs> I didn't yeah. see you over there. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there's some houses for sale around here. If you want to look into it, come back from Valdosta. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Hey, best well, of luck with you out there, dude. Thanks, Victor. Good talking to you. Good talking to you.